Philippians chapter 1, page 1178, hopefully you found it by now, um, verses 1 to 11. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart, and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory of God, so to the glory and praise of God. This is the word of the Lord. Good evening, everybody. You can hear me. I think I'm coming through. Um, good to be with you tonight. If I don't, if we haven't met before, my name's Chris. I'm one of the ministers here. Fabulous to be with you. Um, thank you, Nigel, for that. Where's he gone? I won't mention Ebenezer in the sermon, but uh, thank you. Very helpful to have those things explained. Thank you. Um, uh, let me pray as we start. Heavenly Father. Uh, we've just prayed, we've just sung, speak, O Lord. And it is an amazing thing that you would speak to us. You speak to us by your words, through your spirits. We are so grateful that you do. So Father, we pray that you would speak to us individually and together tonight. Uh, please give us hearts to listen and be changed. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, yes, so uh, this evening we are starting this new series in uh, Philippians. New year, new series. Um, and this is a letter from uh, the Apostle Paul to a church that he had, uh, he'd started. He started the church in Philippi, a place in, uh, in northern Greece now. And, and it's really in large part, well, it's a thank you letter, actually. It's a thank you letter. As a kid, I used to hate writing thank you letters. I suspect many others did as well. My mum used to have to tell me many times, write your thank you letters after Christmas, after your birthday. Oh, so boring. Do I have to? Anyway, this thank you letter is a bit more sincere, shall we say. A lot more sincere. Uh, Paul is writing uh, from, from prison, actually. And he'd been in prison for a while. And the letter shows us um, uh, that the Philippian church had, well, they'd gone to great lengths uh, to help Paul, actually. Uh, they'd sent help. Uh, they'd sent one of them, 
And they sent this guy called Epaphroditus, and Paul explains later in the letter. They sent this guy all the way from Philippi to Rome, which is about uh, 800 miles by traveling distance with the route he'd have to take. And he'd gone to Paul in prison in Rome with gifts. Now, if you're in a Roman prison, that is very helpful, very helpful indeed, and very encouraging. And Paul writes to say to the Philippians, Philippians, thank you for doing that. Thank you. But it's also far more than just a thank you letter, because Paul takes his chance, really, to to encourage the Philippians in return. He gives a lot of instructions, really, uh, about how on earth they are to live as Christians. He gives them instructions, and that is a great thing, because Christians need help to know how to live. We do, don't we? We need help. And this is not, it's not a dry, dull list of bullet points, anything like that. This, is a, this letter is, is, is passionate, it's persuasive, and it's even poetic at times. How should Christians live? And the first thing that we find out from Paul is that he prays for the, for the Philippians. He prays for them. And that's the chunk that we're looking at today. Uh, two things in particular. Paul prays with gratitude and Paul prays for their growth, spiritual growth. So let's look down at the text. Do have the Bibles open in front of you uh, so you can follow along. I'm sure you'll find it very helpful to do that. Uh, so Paul prays first. He prays with gratitude for the Philippians. Let me read from the start. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Whenever Paul thinks about the Philippians, he goes, Thank you, God. Thank you, God. God, I am really grateful for the Philippians. It makes me very happy to think of them. I pray with joy. Do you notice also, it's not just that, uh, that some of his prayers are like that. It's not just some. It's, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers, for all of you, I always pray with joy. Now, the Philippians are reading this and thinking, okay, wow, Paul, I get the point. I get the point. You always pray with thanks for all of us. Okay, I get it. Brilliant. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you, Paul. You might, maybe it came to their mind that they would think, um, Paul, I mean, is there anyone you don't give thanks for? Anyone at all? Anyone in our congregation? You don't? Maybe, surely there's one or two. Paul says, no, I give thanks for all of you. All the time. Now you might be thinking, um, okay, um, why does Paul pray like that? Why does he pray like that? Well, that's a good question. Um, There were lots of reasons he gives, actually. So let's have a look. Why does he pray like that? Um, First of all, well, Paul is simply so grateful. He's grateful simply because the Philippians belong to Jesus. That's the first reason. So back in the the first line, uh, Paul addresses them as God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi. He's saying, uh, friends, you belong to Jesus. 
You are in him. You're joined to him. You're united to him. And that means they're holy, which means they're, they're special to God. For all of us tonight who have put our trust in Jesus Christ as our Savior, we belong to Jesus. We belong to him. And Paul says, thank you, God, for that. That is wonderful. That's the first reason he says thank you. And connected with that, there are more reasons too. So let's carry on. Um, In verse 5, Paul says, Why do I thank God for you? Because of your partnership in the gospel. That's the second reason. Uh, If you don't know already, the word gospel means um, good news. And this is uh, the good news specifically that through Jesus' life, and his death for us, God accepts and loves us despite our faults. And Paul says, Philippians, you and I, we're partners in that good news. Uh, the word there is a word about kind of sharing, partnership sharing. Um, so they share uh, the same benefits of the good news. Uh, God, God is for them in Jesus. They know his kindness, his peace, his love. They also share the same task. Their task is now to help other people to know the good news as well. Paul is doing that. That's why he's in prison. The Philippians are doing that as well. They're gospel partners. They share the same task. And Paul says, thank, God, thank you for that. That is brilliant. So that's the, uh, um, the second thing, that reason that he gives thanks to God for, uh, for them. They're gospel partners, gospel partners. And now then, Paul goes on in verse 6 to explain that he's also thankful to them because he knows that God will finish what he started in the Philippians. Uh, And that's really important. Um, I won't say much about that now. Uh, You can see the phrase there in in, in verse 6. But Paul says more about that later in the letter, especially chapter 2, so I won't dwell on that now. But God will finish what they started in the Philippians. And um, Paul is very thankful for that. And another thing that Paul does want to point out is that he wants them to know how sincere he is in thanking God for them. So do look down with me at verses 7 to 8. He says to them, It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart. And whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And the word uh, affection there is, is a word for kind of something really deep inside of us. And he's saying, friends, I long for you with a really deep love, like how Jesus loves you. He longs uh, to, to be with them. He longs uh, for the very best for them. He's so thankful for them, so thankful So there we go, there we go. Uh, How does Paul pray for the Philippians? He prays, thank you, God. Thank you so much. They belong to Jesus. They're gospel partners. God, you'll finish what you started in them. And I I so long for them. Thank you, God. Thank you. Well, now let's uh, pause a little bit uh, and think about our own lives. And how do we kind of uh, respond to this? I think an obvious thing would be... um, Let's ask God to give us the same mindset as Paul. That would be good, wouldn't it? The same mindset. 
For myself, at the start of this year, this new year, I found this, um, I found encouraging this sermon, just uh, preparing this sermon, really encouraging. It's definitely challenged me to be more thankful for every single person here at St. John's in our church family. And I've asked God to just to help it be more kind of instinctive to me. So when I think of someone, I think, oh, thank you, God, for them. That's brilliant. They belong to God. They belong to Jesus, the gospel partners. Just ask him to make it more instinctive. Of course, it doesn't happen every time by any means. You can't thank God literally every time someone comes to your mind. But it's a mindset, a change of mindset. And I found that really encouraging to pray for that. Imagine... Um, I won't do this now, don't worry, I won't do this, but imagine it would actually be totally appropriate for us all now to stand up and spend the next hour um, going around, spending one minute with each other, perhaps, and saying, uh, you know what, if you're a Christian, you belong to Jesus, I thank God for you. You're my gospel partner, I thank God for you. And just go around and do that with every single person here. Probably take about an hour. That would be totally appropriate. This is what Paul is talking about. Thank you, God, for everyone, for everyone. And I think perhaps particularly, it could be really helpful to ask ourselves, Lord, um, is there anyone in particular I struggle with, perhaps? Is there someone that I... I kind of groan about, perhaps, someone who gets on my nerves, someone who's hurt me, perhaps. Maybe someone pops into your mind as you say that. Hopefully not me, I don't know. Um, But Paul would say, you know what? You need to thank God for that person. Genuinely. Do they belong to Jesus? Are they gospel partner? Give thanks. Give thanks you might actually grow to long for them too. It's that change of mindset Paul has here. So uh, Paul prays for gratitude for the Philippians. He prays with gratitude for them. And then he moves on to pray for their growth. He prays for their growth. Uh, So let's move on. Uh, Do look with me me again uh, in your Bibles. I'll read from verse 9. Verse 9. Paul says... And this is my prayer. So, so here's, here comes the thing I really pray for you most, okay? This is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. What's going on there? Uh, the word kind of abound there really means to grow, yeah? Grow, so grow in abundance, grow with overflowing. So Paul is saying... Philippians, you, you love Jesus and you love each other. That's brilliant, brilliant. I'm praying that your love will grow even more, more and more. But grow in what way? Well, grow more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Now, Paul does not mean, he doesn't mean a, a general knowledge, He's not saying, Philippians, you need to go on mastermind and crack the general knowledge around. He's not saying that, of course. He wants them to grow in knowing deeper insight into Jesus. Into Jesus. Jesus claims that knowing him is the way to know God and what God loves. 
And as we read through the whole letter of Philippians, we'll see all the ways that God tells the Philippians more and more about Jesus. What Jesus is like. Jesus' pattern of life. How humble he was. How he served others. How he gave his life for others. Yet also how he is to be worshipped. And Paul explains how knowing Jesus means living like him. With the same humble mindsets. The same desire to serve others. That's, that's, Paul goes on and on and on about that in Philippians. So Paul is saying, that's what I pray for. That's what I pray for. Knowing Jesus better will make us love people better. So I'll say that again. Knowing Jesus better will help us love people better. That's what Paul prays for. And then Paul does, he does go on to just point out just how good that will be. Just how good. Uh, so verse 10, he says, I pray this prayer so that... A, you will understand what's best, best for you, best for other people. Well, that's fantastic. We'd like that, wouldn't we? Pray that, so that you'll know what's best. Um, also, I pray so that B, so that you'll be seen to be pure and blameless when Jesus judges the world. That's also fantastic. Being saved does not depend on being pure, but it would really honor Jesus. And C, I pray that so that you'll live rightly, Living more and more like Jesus. That's the phrase um, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. And all this is so that praise and glory go to God. Are we beginning to see how amazing this prayer is? Wouldn't we like our love to grow like this? Would we like that? Wouldn't we love deeper insights into Jesus into the way he lived we'll understand the best way to live we'll honor Jesus by being more pure we'll live more rightly than we do now we'll bring more glory to God wouldn't that be good for us wouldn't that be good for our church it'd be good for our relationships within church our relationships outside church as well We'd muck things up less often. We'd hurt people less often. We'd love people better. It's just a great prayer. Great prayer. As we move towards a close, let's again pause and just... Okay, okay. This is a great prayer, but this week, what does this mean? Everyday life, what does this mean for us? Well, can I say, first of all, if you're not someone who would say that you trust in Jesus Christ yourself, I wonder what you think of this prayer, actually. I wonder what you think. I hope it makes you think, you know what, being a Christian sounds pretty great. To grow in love like this, that, that would be amazing. For those of us who are Christians, um, how can we take this prayer into everyday life? How can we do that? Well, one thing I think uh, here is actually, it could be a bit of a challenge for us at the start of this year. Perhaps a challenge, it might be. It can be easy, even subtly, to think, well, I'm not sure I actually need knowledge for the Christian life. I'm not sure I need that. We might kind of think, uh, listen, Paul, you know, I already love God. I, I can figure out on my own how to live. Thanks very much. I don't need help, really. I'll be all right. 
I think Paul would say, actually, well, we do need knowledge. Our minds often get it wrong. That's why God has given us the Bible and he's given us his spirit to help understand. Because God is showing us who Jesus is. His pattern of life, his understanding of humanity, his how and why he came to save us. That stuff that we do not naturally know. We don't know that naturally. So that's why at St. John's we try really hard to, to learn together what God tells us about Jesus through the Bible, whether in sermons, our small groups, conversations, whenever we can. And that's why we love to encourage all of us to spend regular time uh, reading God's Word and praying that God would help us understand it and letting God change us. So it could be a challenge, this passage for us, if we're tempted to think, uh, I don't really need knowledge. How else can we take it into everyday life? How else? Well, I think, um, I, I do think that as in John's, we can really use this prayer to help us pray for each other. We can do that, can't we? Sometimes, um, I don't know about you, but it can be difficult to know what to pray for each other. You, get, you have that sometimes? In fact, it can be easy to it can be easy to not actually have much content to what we pray. What do I mean by that? It can be easy to pray, uh, God, I pray for so-and-so, full stop, end. Now, that's fine. But at that point, I think we're not quite sure what we're praying for. Is that fair? We're not quite sure. We want to pray, but we're not quite sure what to pray. What do we pray for so-and-so? Again, here's something great that we can pray for people. We can say, Lord, whatever is going on in this person's life, actually, you know that more than I do, but I do know something that would be really great for them. And I can pray this, as this is what I'll pray, that their love would grow through greater knowledge of Jesus. I can always pray that, always. Even just uh, earlier tonight, praying for mission partners, I came to mind, it's like, oh yeah, I can pray that for the mission partners. Brilliant. Very helpful. Here's a suggestion as well. Uh, we could even memorize this, one of these verses. That's, that'd be an idea. I don't know how you feel about that. Um, if, we, if it's in our heads, it's just a lot easier to pray this wonderful prayer for each other. I used to think that memorizing verses would, would be impossible. Uh, but actually, it's turned out sometimes it can work. Um, so someone uh, suggested that I... Here's a way of trying to memorize. You, you find a verse, you read it out loud, out loud from the Bible ten times, and then you close the Bible and you try to say it out loud ten times without reading it. And actually, very often, it sticks. And then it's in our heads. And wherever we are, whoever we want to pray for, we can pray this. How about even tonight, when you go home, have a go at memorizing that verse, especially. Verse 9 would be my suggestion. We can memorize, this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. And then we could pray that for someone at church. We could do that, couldn't we? So there we have it. There we have it. That's the start of Paul's letter. He prays with gratitude for the Philippians. And he prays for their growth. He prays for their growth in love. 
It's for their good. It's for the good of others. And it's for our good. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we do praise you that you are God who doesn't want us to stay as we are. You want to grow us. You want to change us. And that's good for us and good for the people around us. Thank you for that. Lord, we do thank you for everyone here who belongs to Jesus, partners together in the gospel. Thank you. We're sorry for our times of lack of thanks for each other how we can forget how valued we are. Please, Lord, do help us to grow in thanks. Help us to grow in knowing Jesus better so that we can love people better. We pray this for your glory and in Jesus' name. Amen.